for Abigail. Overture If I get this right, Tess Rampling will definitely want to have sex with me. The idea slouches through my 15-year-old brain and disappears before I've had time to ask it exactly why a sixth former of Rampling's cosmic beauty would want to have sex with a GCSE pit sniffer like me. I take Rick Astley's Never Gonna Give You Up out of its paper bag and gaze at his pink face. Oh dear, Rick Astley, you're not gonna like this. You really have no idea what's about to happen to you. Gently, I lift the lid on Great Auntie Trudy's wooden gramophone to reveal the record turntable within. The gramophone used to be in Trudy's bedroom, and when I was chin-high to its wooden lid, about four years old, we would happily listen to Terry Wogan on Radio 2 while she brushed her hair and put her face on. Or sometimes she'd play a favourite LP, like the soundtrack to The King and I. The first track on that record was called Overture, and seemed to be a non-singing medley of some of the other songs. I liked the overture, a friendly invitation and a promise of what was to come. Some of the best tunes were missing, but I guess that was to keep them as a surprise. It's not big, my room. The gramophone is among the wooden hand-me-downs that sprout from the walls and nearly meet in the middle. Here's a chest of drawers and a little bookshelf that Mum gave me recently. Here's the wardrobe that never yielded to Narnia no matter how faithfully I reached for the cold air. The bedroom walls are pale green, pockmarked with blue-tack scars from sci-fi posters, now replaced with Van Gogh prints from Woolworths. They have Vincent written under them in swirly writing. Recently, and with great solemnity, I took down the huge Empire Strikes Back poster, the picture of Darth Vader offering his hand to Luke. Come with me, he says to his defeated son. There's a Greenpeace picture of a boat cleaning a polluted sea by magically drawing a rainbow in its wake. I get the point it's trying to make, but even I can see that the thing has all the truth and beauty of Lester Piggott narrating his tax return. Anyway, it's there to show that I mind about the ozone layer or something. Similarly, there's a line drawing of a defiant-looking African boy against a horizontal tricolore, which I vaguely associate with the ANC. In the impossible event that Tess Rampling ever sets foot in this room, she will instantly see that A. I disapprove of apartheid, B. I disapprove of pollution, and C. I now prefer post-impressionists to Star Wars. The first two parts are even true. We live next door to RAF Coningsby. They finally supplied us with double glazing to make up for the familiar scream of the tornadoes. The condensation I used to draw pictures in now occurs between the panes rather than on the inside, like an itch you can't scratch. Thanks, lads. Still, the room retains its own unique and homely smell, which I really like. It'll be many years before someone points out that this smell has a name, damp. Occasionally, my stepdad Derek loses an argument about turning on the central heating, and the smell turns into what I would call the equally comforting grilled dust. Here in 1987, it feels wrong to be using the gramophone in an enterprise even vaguely connected with sex, like trying to make erotic art out of fuzzy felt. But then, extreme measures are sometimes necessary when it comes to the sublime person of Tess Rampling. Apart from being the most beautiful girl who ever smiled and frowned at the same time and tossed her auburn hair out of her all-forgiving, world-comprehending eyes, Tess is also two years above me at school, and therefore a figure of demoralising maturity. I see her walking between classes, having intellectual-sounding conversations with male teachers who look very pleased to be able to help. I want to help her too. My God, I want to help her brains out. I want to help her like we just invented helping. I take the shiny record from its sleeve and savour the smell of the vinyl, even though I dislike this song with some energy. 
There was a nervous moment in Woolworths when I picked it up for the first time to check the back of the sleeve. Please let the B-side be just an instrumental. Surely it's just an instrumental. And lo, Stock Aitken and Waterman did not let me down. I impale Never Gonna Give You Up on the central upright of the record player and the B-side wobbles down onto the turntable. This is sweet. Tess Rampling is surely going to want to have sex with me when she sees the way I stick it to Rick Astley. What I'm doing here in my teenage bedroom is planning an end-of-term school hall sketch show. My form teacher, Mrs Slater, says the correct term is review, but I don't much like the word. It sounds square and not something you would see on the telly. I can't imagine Rick Mayle saying review. At a pinch, Stephen Fry might say it, but there are limits to how much I get to copy Stephen Fry without attracting peer group ridicule. Bad enough that I've started to pronounce grass to rhyme like a southern arse rather than a native Lincolnshire.